KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, March 10th. We look into possible solutions for police misconduct in San Diego. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A teacher accused of having an inappropriate relationship with a former student is once again under arrest. Jacqueline Ma, a 34-year-old teacher at Lincoln Acres Elementary in National City, was first arrested on March 7th. She later bailed out of jail and was released from custody. National City Police say since that time, detectives investigating the case developed probable cause to rearrest Ma on additional felony charges. Police say she was taken into custody yesterday and will be rebooked into Las Colinas Women's Detention Facility. They are not releasing any more information saying the victim is a minor and the investigation is ongoing. President Joe Biden will be in San Diego Monday to meet with the Prime Ministers of Britain and Australia. According to the White House, the three world leaders will discuss the Australia, UK and US partnership known as AUKUS. The partnership commits the three nations to maintaining a free and open Indo-Pacific region. They'll also participate in bilateral meetings. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department says it has now responded to 13 deaths since the blizzard that hit the mountains two weeks ago. They say only one of those deaths was directly connected to the weather, and that four of those who died were either in the hospital or on hospice care. Most of the victims were found in their homes, but some mountain residents say there are still homes in the area that are inaccessible. 56 firefighters from San Diego are in the mountains to help with the rescue efforts. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Police misconduct records show that officers who are caught lying may not get disciplined. Reporter Gustavo Solis explains how lawmakers are trying to change that. In 2019, a prosecutor heard an interesting story from a defense lawyer. It was about a San Diego police detective named James Needham. He told me that Detective Needham, who was assigned to the case during a follow-up interview, had set up to be arrested by ICE. That would be a scandal if true. California sanctuary laws prevent local police officers from helping ICE enforce federal immigration law. The prosecutor took that allegation with a grain of salt. My first thought that crossed my mind was like, okay, this is a defense attorney exaggerating um, what happened and probably speculating. So she called the detective. The victim's name is redacted in the audio. And then Detective Needham said, in his exact words, I'm going to slow this down here to make sure I get it right. I agreed to work with them to set up so they could arrest him. So my stomach dropped, and I, I, I know that I paused probably for several seconds, and I said, okay, what, what did you do? 
This audio comes from a police internal affairs investigation. It found Needham cooperated with ICE. He set up a meeting with the undocumented immigrant who was a crime victim, and he told federal agents the time and location. The man was eventually deported. Police investigators found Needham lied in multiple ways, but we don't know if Needham was ever disciplined. One-third of almost 100 misconduct cases released by San Diego police are missing disciplinary records. The uh, department may have disciplined the officer, but then disposed of the records due to the department's record retention schedule. Matthew Halgren is a lawyer who specializes in the First Amendment. He says there are multiple explanations for the missing records. It's also possible that the department either never disciplined the officer just because it chose not to, or that the officer resigned or retired before the discipline could be issued. That was the case for Needham. He retired 13 days after the investigation was finished. He could not be reached for comment. Whatever the reason behind the missing records, activists say the lack of transparency reveals a lot about the police department. This was um, a culture um, within SDPD, that this was allowed. That's Tasha Williamson, a social justice advocate in San Diego. She says that SDPD's own policy calls for terminating officers caught lying, but that doesn't always happen. We've seen uh, officers uh, that have been terminated for lying, and we've seen officers who haven't been terminated for lying. You have a, a policy uh, that says that, <laughs> that if you lie, you should be fired. However, that is, is not a policy uh, that they adhere to. State Senator Nancy Skinner wrote the law that makes these misconduct records public. When you look at public safety in particular and police, the, their, the nature of their work, for them to do their job, there has to be trust between the public and the officers. And there's another benefit to Skinner's law, which is called SB 16. It's also meant to help other police agencies vet new hires. Really, before SB 16, if you were the hiring agency, you couldn't get that record from the other departments. You could not find out that that officer had this history of dishonesty. And so you might hire unknowing that you're hiring somebody with a history of dishonesty. Now, under SB 16, the hiring agency has to ask for any disciplinary records or investigatory records from the agency that the per person previously worked. Skinner says SB 16 doesn't prevent officers from resigning before they're disciplined, but the public can use their misconduct records to hold police departments accountable. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. The story was reported with iNewsource, an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. The San Diego City Council's Environment Committee unanimously approved a new policy for top priorities in the Climate Action Implementation Plan. The meeting follows a rally by activists who are demanding more. Reporter Jacob Ayer has the story. The rally at Civic Center Plaza was a call for bold climate action and tangible change. The city's climate action plan looks to get to net zero carbon emissions by 2035. But activists like Dr. Elizabeth Barreras Rivest say the city needs to take action now or it will face massive public health consequences. Our most vulnerable community members, the elderly, children, the indigenous, minorities, migrants, and those with pre-existing illness are suffering the most profound health impacts. Just last week, the city released a draft document to implement the climate action plan. It's been criticized for lack of specific details. Activists say San Diego communities face increased climate-related dangerous heat waves, wildfires, and pollution. 
They say the city should take advantage of historic funding opportunities from the state and federal government to make San Diego a leader in climate action. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. As California's housing crisis continues, some cities are resisting a state law that calls for more affordable housing to be built. And now one of them is being sued for the second time. Here's more from reporter John Carroll. In a Thursday morning news conference, state officials said they're suing Huntington Beach again for violating state law concerning accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, also known as granny flats. In a virtual news conference, Attorney General Rob Bonta, along with Governor Gavin Newsom, said the state sued Huntington Beach back in 2019 for the same thing. Attorney General Bonta says the city is flouting the law again. Their actions are brazen, blatant, egregious, uh, willful and intentional. Uh, they are looking at the law, they know exactly what their duty is, and they're saying, we're not going to comply. And that's not okay. Some cities in San Diego County, like Del Mar, Escondido, and others, have been warned by the state to come into compliance with that law, or they could be the subject of future lawsuits. John Carroll, KPBS News. Coming up, our KPBS Arts Editor joins me with some arts events worth checking out this weekend. We'll have that and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Students and staff at a Del Mar school are looking forward to being together again after years of being separated due to delays in their campuses' rebuild. Reporter Claire Strong has more. The long-running saga of the Del Mar Heights rebuild has finally come to an end. And for teacher Ian Phillip, this day couldn't come soon enough. Being able to walk across school and, and deal with a concern or a celebration to just have an assembly together and celebrate normal elementary school things, that's been gone since we left. Philip, like the rest of the staff and students from Del Mar Heights, have been split between two other schools in the district, while the legal fallout from the rebuild caused delays in construction. A local group, Save the Field, filed two lawsuits due to concerns over fire traffic and environmental issues. But the San Diego Superior Court says work on the new site, which will take around a year to finish, can now continue. Claire Strong, KPBS News. In other education-related news, 
the 2023 San Diego County Spelling Bee Champion, has just been declared, and he is a returning winner from Poway Unified. Education reporter M.G. Perez explains. Mahir Konkapaka is a seventh grade student who attends Mesa Verde Middle School. And for the second year in a row, he has been named the top speller, winning the 53rd annual San Diego County Spelling Bee, the first in-person competition since the COVID shutdown. He did it by spelling the word exuflation, which means forcible breathing or blowing out, as in clearing the respiratory tract. He competed with 80 other middle schoolers. Music Watson is with the San Diego County Office of Education, which supports the spelling bee. It's really hard when you see a student spell out, which is what we call it when they miss a word. You know that it's a lot of preparation that's gone into it and the disappointment that comes, but they are absolutely still winners. Concapaca will now represent the county in the National Spelling Bee near Washington, D.C. in late May. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Michael Misseraini is a choreographer who has taken up a second career as a playwright and director. He has been working on a trio of short horror plays he calls a trilogy, and the second installment is now playing. It's called TEDx Talks The Murder Room. My colleague Beth Accomando previews the show with Miserini. So Michael, you have a new entry in your trilogy, and these are kind of horror plays. So tell us about TEDx. TEDx Talks The Murder Room is inspired by Misery and, and Split, and those are films that I love, love, love. So I'm sort of taking it to the next level. The first play was a thriller. The second play, this play, is like a thriller horror. And the third play is pure on slasher. So this middle play, I wouldn't call it a parody, but it spoofs um, misery and split, but it addresses a serious subject as well. And tell me what the role horror plays for you. You have a particular affection for it. I do. I, I fell in love with horror probably when I was 10 or 11. I was the gay boy in the Catholic school, and so got teased a lot. So. Jason and, and Freddie and Michael Myers were stand-ins for all the bullies. And so I would vanquish the bullies. I was the final boy or final girl, and I would win over the killer or the bullies, and then I lived to tell the tale. Now we're sitting here on your rehearsal stage, so explain a little bit about what the plot is of TEDx. Um, so it takes its, its cue from misery. So an actor is, is kidnapped and chained to a bed. And he has to perform a short script, and he has to give the performance for his life, basically. And as they do the play, he finds out some disturbing, unseemly facts about what transpired in that room in the past. And what kind of horror tropes are you playing with in this particular play? Oh, I'm fairly a lot of them, if not most of them. For one, the killer always explains why they're, I'm doing it. The killer or someone in the movie, you, you'll see those pause, and you'll then say, I'm doing this because, and there's a litany of things, why? Um, if you think about um, Friday the 13th, and Mrs. Voorhees has a whole things about why it's happening. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here, I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every minute. 
And then, she, and then there's a big fight. At the very end of the horror movie, there's always a big, long fight, and that's also in my play as well. It's not really a sequel, but it's a second play, so it, the body count is higher, and it's bloodier and more violent. And now when you say bloodier and more violent, is this also being done in a serious manner, or are you also taking a, a bit of a humorous or satiric take on it? It's a loving swipe <laughs> at the horror genre, which I love. So yeah, things are overplayed for a comic effect. And it's also because I'm approaching a subject that's very um, serious. I want to put enough other things around it so it doesn't become a movie of the week or a lifetime film. So what inspired you to do this trilogy to make three plays? I like horror. I felt like I could approach each play um, separately and get more graphic and violent as it goes along. And, and I wanted to really broach three um, separate subjects. And so that's why I divided one, two, three. That was Michael Miserini speaking with KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando. His play TEDx Talks The Murder Room runs through Monday at the Lightbox Theater at Liberty Station. Before we go, my colleague Julia Dixon-Evans joins me to talk about some arts events that are happening this weekend. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the San Diego News Now podcast. Hi, Debbie. Well, first of all, tell us about the newly reopened UC San Diego Art Gallery and when you'd recommend us checking it out. Yeah, so this is the UCSD Mandeville Art Gallery, and it just reopened last weekend after renovations, but also after a pretty rough decade. The last time the gallery was in the news, it was when university administration cut funding and they put it on a list of spaces to be considered for conversion to classrooms. There were protests, and ultimately they removed it from that list, but with the pandemic and these renovations, it feels like we've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Right now, they have a faculty exhibition on view, which is all incredible and interesting work. But the one that will catch your eye first is this looped video by artist Danielle Dean. It's running on giant media mesh screens that, that wrap around the exterior of the building. It's kind of like a mini Times Square on campus. And the gallery is open Thursday through Saturday from noon until 8 p.m. And I definitely recommend going at or after sundown so that you can see that digital work outdoors in all its glory. And the gallery is just south of the Sun God Lawn. And there's a new parking structure right nearby off of Torrey Pines Road. That sounds very interesting. The uh, San Diego Ballet will perform at the Grosmont College Performing Arts Center today. What do we need to know about this performance? Yeah, this concert's dedicated to the music of Vivaldi, and they'll have the Grossmont Symphony Orchestra playing live with them. They'll perform what will be the West Coast premiere of this work of choreography by legendary dancer Sir Robert Cohen, who recently died in 2021. It's his setting of Vivaldi's Stabat Mater, which is really powerful choreography. And they'll also dance to the Four Seasons, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, there's just one performance left tonight at 7.30, and tickets are just $10 for students or $45 for general admission. But you can get $15 tickets right now through San Diego Theater Month. Okay, so tell us more about San Diego Theater Month. For those of us interested in seeing a show this month, how does this work? 
So this is a discount ticket program. It's from the San Diego Performing Arts League, and it's kind of in the vein of Restaurant Week, but it runs all month. And the way it works is you go to the San Diego Theater Month website and search the available shows, and you'll find $15, $30, or $45 ticket prices. And some are as cheap as two for $15. That's the junior theater production of How I Became a Pirate, for example. And it's not just for theater. There's dance and storytelling, too, but, but there's a lot of theater. And you can find details and more events at kpbs.org slash arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts producer and editor, Julia Dixon-Evans. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Julia. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Debbie. You too. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast was produced by KPBS editor Joe Guerin and producer Emmeline Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Don't forget, we're springing forward this weekend with Daylight Saving Time. The time will spring forward an hour at 2 a.m. on Sunday. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. <laughs>